Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning and welcome to our first show of 2018. Uh, Kind of a special year this year. We're going to be talking about it more and celebrating it over the year. Uh, 2018 is the 20th anniversary of my outdoor radio pro, uh, career, outdoor radio programming. Uh, we've changed the name of the show a little bit over the years, but it's been on now for, this is our 20th year. We started on the fan in 1998, and we haven't looked back. It's been pretty awesome. It's uh, There's been a lot of people involved that helped us get going with this show, Uh we started in a little closet at the old fan studios off Monaco. We moved to our plush surroundings here uh, off Orchard and our beautiful studios in the mid-2000s. So it's been quite a ride and quite a run and really excited about all the people that have taken it with us, both our, our sponsor partners and our listeners. So we are uh, very excited. In conjunction with that this year, we're going to be doing some special things on Facebook we're going to start uh, some contests on Facebook where the answer to the question we ask on the air will be posted on Facebook and there'll be a chance to win some prizes. It's going to be called uh, Terry's 20-Year Trivia and we'll post trivia moments from past shows. I think that's, we're still working out the kinks a little bit. So we'll figure that out. Speaking of uh, answers being posted on Facebook, we are uh, um, we're giving away ISE tickets. And there's a key word or a key phrase, actually, that is on my Facebook page right now. Uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Karen posted it a couple days ago. And that, um, that will be what you'll need to know to win ISE tickets today. So you want to sign up and follow and like Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook because we're going to have a lot of giveaways, a lot of contests during the year that are going to be associated with our Facebook page, and you're going to need information from that Facebook page to win. Now, it's always a good idea to follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors because we uh, we do a lot of other things there, too. Like if we have a special upcoming event, like next week we'll be broadcasting live from ISE. That'll be posted on Facebook so you know you can come and meet us and say hi there. If we have a special interview, like if the director of Parks and Wildlife is going to be on, we post that ahead of time so you know it's coming up. We also, every time Karen adds one of our shows to our um, our uh, our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, she will, uh, she'll post that on Facebook. I write a weekly column for the Denver Post. That will be on Facebook every week, so so you'll get a link to it. So it really keeps you involved in what we do. So we want you to follow and like Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. We're going to do a lot of things, a lot of things like that. So a lot going on. We're going to go to the phones now. And speaking of it being our twentieth year on radio, uh, this gentleman has been a big part of the radio show for. Mr. Chad Lachance, when did you start, not filling in, but appearing on the radio? I don't know if you say appearing or being on. You know, they can't right, see blabbing. you, right? I think blabbing is an effective word. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, believe that would have been about 2004 because I was thinking about it. It was right after I started working at Sportsman's Warehouse. So uh, I started there in the 
in the uh, spring of 2004. So that would be my best guess, somewhere right in there. Well, and do you realize that until you became the first guest host, the first time that I didn't host this show, and it started in 1998, the first time I didn't host this show was when you and Mike Evans filled in when I went when I went I was on assignment in Florida and it must have been right after not long after you started I don't think no it was it was early early in the uh, in the whole run and I was really nervous and uh, Mike was uh, Mike did a fine job of keeping me keeping me uh, straight and narrow there on that first show and uh, and these days it's, it's it's turned into fun being down there that first time was pretty scary but. You know, I actually enjoy the live radio, uh, particularly in studio, about as much as any any part of what we do. You know, I mean, the TV's fun, but you can always shoot it over again or whatever. But the radio, you got to be on your feet all the time and thinking, you know, thinking quick. And I always enjoy it. Well, stop and think that until you came on board to fill in, and there's been now we have you and a few other guys that fill in because I seem to travel a little bit more. But we um. <laughs> I had to do every show, and if we were going to be gone shooting a television show back then, uh, then we had to tape the show. And I never liked it as well taped. You know, we'd tape it, you know, just a few days ahead of time. But the whole importance of the show or the whole theme is it's so up to date. So I, having you fill in allowed us to always have fresh new information that was as, as you know, as up to date as it could be. So it really changed everything. You stop and think back then. I was doing 52 radio shows, and we had both television shows going, Angling Adventures of Mountain State, so I was doing 26 television shows. You know what that's like. Yeah, I've been there, done that, and uh, that's worked by itself. And adding, you know, the, the thing about the radio show that a lot of people don't realize is every Saturday morning, no matter what, that's got to be done. You know, there's no flexibility in that or anything else, so somebody's got to be there. And it's a lot more work, I think, than people realize, but it's always fun, and uh, I think we're lucky to get to do what we do, that's for sure. And there's no calling in sick, as you know, one time when you were filling in when you had food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't think the listeners need details on that yeah. one, Jerry, but uh, I guarantee you the cleaning staff wasn't happy yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and then i um you also started your television career by filling in and doing a couple episodes of my television show yeah yeah and uh karen put up with me the first time on uh on carter lake and uh that was funny because you called and asked i wanted to host the show and i said where and you said anywhere you want and, uh and i said fishing for what and you said anything and i'm like well this is looking pretty good and uh, that day fortunately the fish cooperated and uh made a big difference for us and it's it's uh yeah now we're i think we've produced uh, 240 episodes of fish will thinker now so uh yeah we've, there's been some water under the bridge at this point speaking of that before i know we want to talk about the international sportsman's exposition and i'll get any updated fishing information you have but speaking of uh fishful thinker television uh you you're doing a lot of parks and wildlife this year i believe and did you start did your new season start today or tell us about that uh, new season actually starts on the 13th, so the, the broadcast calendar is a little different this year. So next Saturday will be the first new show of the new season of Fishful Thinker. It's season 18, uh, which is hard to believe, and uh, and it will be all Parks and Wildlife shows this year, or this, this first season. So long story short, we basically got in the tundra and drove all around the state and hit a bunch of the key parks. And there's 41 state parks uh, and, and, and hundreds of state wildlife areas. Of those 41 state parks, 37 of them have fishing. So we took it upon ourselves over basically the last two summers to uh, to hit the road and go see how many of them we could check out and film. And uh, we've got some fun ones this year. We've got some old standbys that we haven't been to. They're, you know, kind of really famous Colorado fisheries as well as uh, 
some lesser known ones, and I think some some folks are going to enjoy uh, a bunch of the fisheries that we have, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. And and you know, it's actually been eye opening for me uh, getting around the state and seeing some of the diversity. We've we've got some pretty diverse fisheries and some fisheries where you can really reach opposite ends of the spectrum on the same day. You know, catch bass and trout in the same day and things like that. So it's a really really neat state in that regard, and we've had a ball filming it all. Oh, that's fantastic. And you know, now you're going to um, be able to bring a lot of local information to people who live right here in Colorado. Where can people catch the show? Tell them where it's aired and when. Okay, we uh, Saturday mornings at 930. That's our standard airing slot on Altitude Sports and Entertainment. So um, that's the one. If you want to set your DVRs, that's the one. But we also air on Friday afternoons at 330. And then on Sundays as well, but Sundays our time slot moves up and down depending on sporting events, so it's going to be somewhere between 6 a.m. and about 3 p.m., so that one's a little tougher to tell people, but the key slot to remember is 9.30 Saturday morning. And then the other thing is for folks that, that get World Fishing Network that have uh, that have Dish or Direct and get World Fishing Network, then we air there as well. Those dates move all over the place uh, you know, during the week or the times, but we're always on Saturday mornings there as well, and those are different shows. So if you happen to have both Altitude and World Fishing Network, Network, you can get two different episodes of Fishful Thinker in the same day. All right. How, how thrilling. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? No, yeah, I'm just kidding. You know, I, I really upset Karen, though, because I have Comcast, and and we have like 90 episodes up on our YouTube channel of my television shows, and I discovered that if you talk into my Comcast remote and say, Terry Wickstrom on YouTube, that all 90 episodes come up and you can binge watch. <laughs> I told Karen we should play that just on an ongoing basis in the house for company, and she kind of put a kibosh to that, Chad. So I don't yeah, know I'm it. thinking that one didn't go well. After years and years of producing you, I, uh, she stared at you on video enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she needs to see it on the TV these days. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you some of the things she used to say when I came home after she was sitting in front of the computer for days producing shows, <laughs> hearing me say the same thing over and over. Hey, Chad, before we run out of time, though, I was reminiscing and everything. We do want to talk, really what we had you on is talk about the ISE show that's coming up and that's next week and there's a lot of things. Kind of tell us what we'll find you doing at ISE. Well, it's my 13th International Sportsman's Expo, which is crazy to think about and, uh, you know, there's this I think it's 6,000-gallon demo tank or 500-gallon demo tank that, that, that you and Karen will be uh, babysitting and uh, and I'll be on that demo tank on on uh, Thursday afternoon at 1.30, uh, and then also Saturday at 3.30. So I'll be doing two demos there, and those are, uh, it's titled Take It to the Bank, and it's a whole rundown on bank fishing techniques. And a lot of people, you know, they, they watch Fish Will Think or whatever, we're in the boat a lot, but what they don't realize is I live lakefront, and it's very common for me. I travel a lot of times with a rod and a truck, and it's very common for me to bank fish. And, and a lot of the requests we've gotten over the years is for bank fishing uh, information. You know, not everybody has a boat. And so we decided to tailor our whole presentation to bank fishing. It's going to be multi-species and ways to, to you know, address, uh, you know, not only just catching fish, but maybe not losing lures, some strategies of where to fish uh, along the bank, how to choose your spots, things like that. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then uh, Friday afternoon, of course, we have the Friday evening at 530. We have the big panel discussion, myself and uh, I believe Dan Swanson, Nate, a bunch of other guys guys on there so that's always fun because we take questions so it's not up to us to you know to just come up with something to talk about theoretically it would be what people want to hear about because they're going to ask questions so that's really good and then the last one uh the casting demo saturday at 2 30 or the casting contest and uh i i think you let the listeners know but uh, i did some uh some shortening of a few fingers uh just to sandbag this event so i figured if i cut a couple fingers down a quarter inch shorter than they were it'd give them other guys a chance so uh 
<laughs> J- jokes aside, uh, we're hoping to heal up in time for to cash reasonably reasonably well. But um, I'm going to try to get a little practice in this afternoon. But yeah, I did lop the ends of three fingers on my casting hand at Christmas time, and uh, so we'll see what that does for my casting accuracy. But it's going to be fun one way or the other. Uh, myself, uh, Nate Zielinski, Will Dykstra, Jeff Wagner, who's an unbelievably good fly caster. We've had him on the show fishing for carp before. Uh, of course, we've got Clay Robertson and Hutch Hutchinson. And I'm not I'm not familiar with Hutch, but I know the other guys are all solid, so it's going to be fun. Well, you know, another thing, and before we move on, folks, you got to stay tuned because Chad talked about sandbagging with his injury. Zelinsky will have something to say about that during his segment. The trash talk has started a few weeks ago, and it will, <laughs> it will, it will continue, I'm sure. But before we move, I want to go back to the tank, but before we do, I do want to touch on the casting. And it's one thing that people don't practice enough, and you can do it in your backyard. You don't have to be out on the water. And whether you're, I mean, everybody thinks how integral casting is to fly fishing, and it probably is overemphasized in fly fishing. Not that good casting doesn't make you better, but that you can catch fish without having to be an expert caster. You just have to be proficient enough within a, you know, a reasonable distance of yourself because most fish are close. But casting in conventional is every bit as important, Chad. Oh, I think it is. And, and, you know, after years and years and years of being a fishing guide, that's the first thing we deal with with people getting a boat is can we get them to put a lure where it needs to go? And if they can't, then the first part of the guide trip is let's deal with that. And, uh, and what I find is the vast majority of people can maybe get in a ballpark, but they're not real proficient casters or line control, uh, you know, keeping control of their line all the time. And so the presentation is kind of a little bit of both of those. The thing I like about this particular casting contest that was put together is it's going to include both fly and conventional tackle and some bass casting tackle so uh it's we're looking for well-rounded casters and what i find is guys that that cast a fly rod well are easy to teach to cast a spinning rod uh, to some degree the other way around if a guy's a good spin caster he's pretty easy to teach to fly cast and so i think there's you know, a lot of the same concepts between the two but Regardless of how you're fishing, accuracy will catch you more fish, and this is an accuracy contest that we're involved in, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have to cast under obstacles, around obstacles, uh, long cast, short cast. It's going to be fun. It's going to be it's very realistic, very real-world stuff that we're going to be doing. It's not trick casting. We're going to be trying to put a lure under a dock and things like that. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Well, and the thing is that most people don't want to cast to those places. They're afraid they'll lose a lure, but typically those are the places where the fish are. One more thing we're going to run. We're actually a little over Mary McCormick from uh, Parks and Wildlife is waiting, but I'm sure she'll be patient. Mary, I'll give you your time here in just a second. But um, I do want to mention that at the tank, you talked about from the bank, a lot of you guys at the tank this year are doing a lot of seminars, are getting back to basics. We used to talk to each other about we'd put on seminars that were geared to each other. And they were, and even though we were, we always will cover some advanced techniques. A lot of people are more basic fishing, and we need to help them. And going to be a lot of information for that beginning and novice angler this year. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to try to gear it for uh, for a 101, 102, 103 kind of things. But absolutely. And then the other thing, real quick, is we're available right after the presentation. So if you if you watch the presentation and we're speaking a little under your skill level, come grab us afterwards and let's talk about the uh, advanced angling. The one thing we'll be doing is staying around there, kicking the dirt, and talking a lot of fishing. So for sure, bring questions, whatever level your skill set is. All right, Chad, we've got to let you go. We got to get to the next segment. But once again, thank you for being part of our 20 years uh, on the air, and look forward to having you on for a long time to come thanks terry i appreciate it always and uh, continued success
You bet. Chad Lachance, always a great contributor. By the way, folks, we were talking about ISE, and Mary McCormick from Parks and Wildlife is going to talk about uh, ISE also coming up. So I think I'm going to give away two tickets to ISE right now. So the first caller that can call in at 303-713-1043 and tell Karen what the key phrase on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, was that she posted Thursday, gets two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. You know, we're already late getting to Mary, and now you play the Eagles, and I have to listen for a while because they're my favorite band. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Mary McCormick. Thank you for being so patient, Mary. No problem. Thanks, Terry. I tell you what, it's uh, we got a lot coming up. I mean, it is uh, <laughs> it is take the outdoors indoors the next this couple weeks. We've got a fly show and a, and an RV show this week, and next week we've got the boat show and the ISE show. And as always, Parks and Wildlife is going to have a huge presence at the ISE show, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. As as usual, we we definitely offer um, a lot of. Uh, different activities and information in a pretty large a chunk of the space at the convention center for the expo. Well, you, you yeah. absolutely do. Let's start with some one of my favorite things. And every, anybody who's followed me over the years knows that I'm virtually evangelistic about getting youth into the outdoors. <laughs> and a huge focus of what you guys do down at that show is towards youth, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, our main role, it's we're known as the youth fair. So when you see, you know, get the program or you go online and you see uh, what Parks and Wildlife is doing, primarily our main role there is to provide opportunities and information for families. So we have all kinds of different things we're offering. We have, of course, the big draw is always the, the kids' fishing tank. So our angler education coordinator, Howard Horton, is in charge of that and has a ton of volunteers and other groups and organizations that help out with that as well. So that's one of the main draws every year is uh, our kids' fishing tank. Oh, but, it, it, it sure is. And I just before you move on, I just want to point okay. out that there's – there's no extra charge. You're charged to get in. Kids get in free to the show, and then adults have to buy a ticket. But once they're in, to get the kids down there to catch a fish, there's no charge for that. And it, the way their eyes light up, Mary, is just phenomenal. Oh, it is. I mean, you know, they're pretty much almost guaranteed to catch a fish, which is, you know, kind of the main point is to get them excited so that they want to go from fishing in this, you know, kind of indoor setting to actually going out onto one of our waters and, and catching a fish you know, in quote unquote real life too, but um, it's definitely exciting. And, you know, the volunteers are there on hand to really make sure that those kids um, are successful and have a good time. So it's such a huge draw. And just side note too, for those that want to go to the show, if they go to our Parks and Wildlife website, there's a little link on the bottom and you can actually get a $3 off coupon for uh, tickets to the show. So that's and, just a little And we fact. should we should mention the show is next week from the 11th through the 14th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The hours have been shortened up uh, Thursday and Friday in the morning a little bit. I think it opens an hour later. So make sure you check that. But we just want everybody to come down and meet us. What else is Parks and Wildlife going to have besides the kids' fishing tank? Sure. The other uh, big draw, I think, is we have um, what we call our, our Parks Campground Amphitheater area. Um, we're going to have a little kids nature trail where there's different 
activities like you can do a little color iron-on thing and make a tote bag to take with you, make some little fun animal masks and other little crafty kinds of things. And then it all leads into the amphitheater area. And then pretty much on the hour, uh, we will have different uh, just kind of 15, 20-minute family-oriented programs. So anything from uh, I'm doing one on bears, Howard's going to be doing like a basic fish cleaning and filleting. Um, we have folks doing bats, just all different kinds of uh, different topics that uh, some fun ones on like, uh, you know, dissecting an owl pellet, just fun stuff for kids that won't take a ton of time, um, but will engage them in uh, all the different kinds of things that they can be excited about and learn kind of kind of what you and I talked about, about the kind of getting back to the basics of some of the stuff outdoors too. Well, and that's something um, we did talk about during the week and something we're, we're emphasizing at the tank a little bit this time too, is that sometimes we think we're talking always, we make our presentations to the expert angler and hunter. And we always try to give advanced techniques on my shows and, and when we're in person and things, because we want everybody at all levels to get something from it. But sometimes I think we leave the shore angler behind this, Chad was saying earlier, or we leave the beginning angler behind where just you, they can't go to the advanced stuff till they get started and learn some basics. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that there'll be definitely some opportunities to hear a little bit more about that in, in our amphitheater. And of course, just in the different uh, booths and stuff that we're going to have. And the other couple ones I want to make sure to highlight of a few of our partners that are going to be their outdoor buddies will be there and they're obviously their focus is on getting people with disabilities outdoors and hunting and fishing and and all of that which is really cool and they'll have one of their um, track chairs there to show folks that Staunton State Park is one of our parks that has one of those that people can use it kind of can get people on kind of more rugged trails but um, we also have the Raptor Education Foundation and they bring live birds of prey so that's always a big hit with everyone um, and then stay in the trail has a little um, kind of remote control, you know, ATV type thing to kind of teach kids the importance of, of staying on designated trails. I'll tell you the stay uh, the trail or both outdoor buddies too. And all those, the Raptors, but stay the trail used to be a part of the radio show for a while. We used to do it on a regular basis and, you know, um, their, their mantra is, you know, to, you know, maintain use the outdoors but maintain how pristine it is and it's really a great organization because colorado is a state that really lends itself to a lot of multiple trail use and we have hiking we have equestrian we have snowmobiles we have cross-country skiing we have snowshoeing we have just a number of uses of our trails and we have the motorized trail vehicles which they talk about a lot which are the atvs and of course the four-wheel drive like jeeps and things and, you know, in Colorado, learning good trail etiquette, learning to share, everybody that's out there really is just out there to have a good time. And there's no reason we can't be considerate to each other and, and get along. And learning the etiquette these people teach goes a long way to helping with that, Mary. Oh, exactly. You know, that's a huge, a huge part of, of our messaging, whether it's, you know, biking, whether it's wildlife viewing, you know, no matter what kind of outdoor recreation you, you know, prefer to uh, enjoy it's it's about being responsible and and being considerate of of your fellow users because you know we all we all have different ways that we like to enjoy these things and we should uh, respect that for sure so I think the the messaging that they have and a lot of the messaging that we have definitely supports that the last thing I want to talk to you about unless you have something else to bring up but and that's the um, 
I know that you're not going to be an expert on it, and you won't have it set up <laughs> down at the show. But Parks and Wildlife did just totally upgrade their computer system. I think it went live a day or two ago, and I'm going to be honest, yeah. I haven't had a chance to log in. Um, there may be a bug or two. I don't know. I'm sure there'll be some things to work through. But people are going to have questions because we're going to come up the turkey draws coming up here in just a matter of yeah. days. And there's other things, and it's all, there is no more paper for draws, and the license buying system is different. Well, now you can buy a, a camping reservation, a fishing license, and a mm-hmm. habitat stamp all at the same time. So it's going to streamline everything and make it better. But I I'm sure there'll be questions. Will there be other people on hand at the uh, ISE that might be able to aid in some of those questions? Yeah, there will be, you know, obviously the folks that are that are the main experts on this new licensing system um, are really busy kind of helping work through um, some of the, the snafus that people have run into um, with the launch of anytime this happens, right? Anytime you launch a new system, that, that happens. So, most of those folks are going to be busy, but we do have some kind of fact sheets that we have uh, for information that we can send to, you know, kind of help uh, direct people to getting further information if they want. And, um, you know, anyone in, in, a, in a uniform shirt should be able to at least answer some basic questions. But if nothing else, we'll have some information on hand on how to direct people if they have further questions. Well, and the last thing is we talked about the kids opportunities at ISE, but you do have a lot of other information and people there with information for adults oh, yeah. also. So there's it's a huge setup you have, and adults that have fishing and hunting questions should should drop by there too. Yeah, I would say one of the best places to go is our Operation Game Thief trailer. That's set up there. That is staffed only by wildlife officers. So, you know, for really specific questions, that's probably your best place to go because those, those guys can, can answer that probably better than anyone else there. All right. Well, Mary, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. There's going to be a lot to do, and we'll see you down there next week. Yeah, I'll see you there next week. Thank you, Mary. Mary McCormick okay. from Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, talking about what they're going to be doing at the ISE show. And by the way, I've got more ISE tickets to give away, so you better pay attention. I hope you were paying attention to what you needed to know last time. Because, you know, being following and, uh, and liking Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook could go a long way to you winning some of those tickets and other contests we've got coming up. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company, Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We are going to go right to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Grant Brown. And I believe the title is the manager of the boating safety program. Did I get that right, Grant? You did. All right, you never know. I hate to get titled people wrong. Worse is when I get their names wrong. I figured I could spell Brown, though. So I'm good. <laughs> hey, um, we got a lot going on in the outdoor community as far as shows over these next couple weeks. Everybody's heard us talking about the ISE show. But the boat show is going to be up at the convention center at the same time as the International Sportsman's Exposition. So Parks and Wildlife kind of had to divide their resources. So your division is actually going to be over at the boat show, right? Yes. Yep, we'll be um, at the Denver Boat Show the 12th through the 14th, and Parks and Wildlife will be represented by the State Boating Safety Program, so my program, and then the Aquatic Nuisance Species Program will also have a booth right next door to us. 
So when they come in, what will they see there? What will you have on display and what kind of information are you looking to disseminate? So from our program, we're going to have um, boating giveaways. So um, key floats, whistles, um, sunglasses, anything just kind of fun stuff that people can have out on their boat with them, uh, skier down flags. We'll have boating regulations for the 2018 boating regs and other boating literature. Um, then we'll have a youth section where they can color T-shirts with a boating safety message. Uh, Talon, the boating safety program mascot, will be there. Um, that's the boating program. And ANS, or the Aquatic Nuisance Species Program, will be disseminating information about uh, zebra mussels and other invasive species and um, how to inspect your boat and stop to or prevent the spread of those species. Well, and it's a lot of free information, a lot of good information. And I'm uh, a lot of times I find it that people get into boating. You know, when I was younger, you started out with like a 12 foot rowboat and then you got a 14 foot with a seven horsepower motor and you work your way up. A lot of people nowadays go right into boats with big high powered motors and understanding some basic safety rules and not knowing the regulations are really keyed up keeping, you know, making sure that it's a fun outing, not a tragic one. What are some of the regulations you see violated the most or that lead to the most incidents on the water? Well, let's see. One we really look out for going to be underage children with no life jacket on. So um, got to have those kids in jackets, 12 and under, must have a jacket on at all times. Um, people that are not or are violating the no wake that's a big one, coming into shore too fast, um, which also leads into coming into the dock too fast or something like that causes a lot of accidents. Um, and, of course, telling, there's... Yeah, telling to no observer, same thing. Uh, yeah, I see that more. I think people don't understand. You know, I see people towing with like a wave runner, a jet ski type vehicle, and even they have to have an observer in addition to the driver, right? Absolutely. Yep, regardless of... Rearview mirrors or not, yeah, you have to have a second person on that vessel and, to watch the skier or tower. And I know, and one you guys really try to watch out for, of course, is the drinking and boating. Yes, I mean it. It's just leads to, and it's just you know, it, it's different than the laws of driving a car, but the penalties can be severe if you're operating intoxicated, right? Correct. Yet yeah, it does carry the same monetary fine as a DUI. Um, and we are constantly looking for that and make sure people are boating safe. Um, yeah, the one stat we're putting out there is, you know, one drink on the water affects you the same as three on land. Well, it does because you've got, you're not, you've got constant motion and just the sun and everything else. Let's talk about a few safety concerns right now. I know people need to come to the boat show and spend time with you, but we've got a couple minutes here. There's a couple you and I have talked about over the years. And you mentioned the youth having to wear a life jacket. And, you know, I'm going to admit, and I've admitted to you this to you in the past, that in the past when I had to wear big bulky life jackets on my big fishing boat, sometimes I'd get a little careless and lax. Um, I've lately gone to the suspenders, which I really like. But you can ask Chad LaChance. Um, he fell off one time. Uh, and when you fall in, especially we're getting into, you know, there's open water right now where you can, Pueblo's open for boating, and we're going to have more open soon. And whether it's a big boat or a kayak or a paddleboard, if you fall in right now in that cold water, you can be very helpless, can't you? That's correct. Yeah, that uh, 
cold water conditions are unlike any other. And and it's uh, so I've got to the point where with the modern suspender type life jackets, I wear them all the time. In fact, I dumped my kayak once. And when I, you'll get a kick out of this, um, Grant, I dumped my kayak. I was I was actually pushing the limit. It was fairly warm water, but I was fully dressed. I was fishing, and all of a sudden, I reached around. I was trying to see how far how stable the kayak was. I pushed it a little bit. Next thing I know, the kayak flipped over. I'm lucky it didn't hit me in the head. I went straight down to the bottom. I'm down in 10 feet of water. My rod is still in my hand, and I'm wearing my hat and life jacket. I had my, my sunglasses and my hat yet. And I'm looking up at the water, and all of a sudden, my suspender's in flight, and I come up like a bobber. <laughs> and I'd like to think I probably would have been okay but I don't know. I could have tangled in a weed. I could have been hit by that kayak. And I, I might never have recovered from that without those suspenders. Well, absolutely. And that's a key point you bring up there, the auto inflate on those, too. There's two different types, the manual and the auto. And there's something to be said for those auto inflate jackets. No, there really is. The other thing I want to touch on as far as regulations, I think a lot of people have trouble understanding that the, we're seeing the paddle boards become really popular um, you need a life jacket for every person on a paddleboard, too. Correct. Yes, they are treated just like other vessels. So you know, if you meet the age requirement, you do have to have at least have the jacket out there with you. And again, underage, don't need to have that jacket on. Any other points you want to make before we let you go? Nope. Just wanted one to boat safe and hopefully get out there and enjoy different recreational activities on the water, but just do it safely. Well, you know, we're going to get you back on when people really get in out on the water and boating. But by the looks of the weather, that might be next week. <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's, it's been great. Um, Grant, as always, thanks for coming on. And hopefully people will stop by and see you. You'll be at the call. Tell them the dates again. Okay, we'll be at the Denver Boat Show uh, uh, January 12th through the 14th. So come see us. At the convention center. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Grant, Grant Brown with the Boating Safety. We got a lot more to cover today. I want to let you know we're going to cover some ice fishing with Nate Zielinski coming up. Um, we're going to have a survival class coming up in the second hour. Ronnie Castellonia is going to talk about some ice fishing versus shore fishing. I'm going to go over a bunch of I was out ice fishing uh, this last week. I'm going to bring you up to speed on that and a few more things that are coming up. So we've got a lot to cover yet. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by... Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. I want to talk a little bit about um, an ice fishing outing I had this year and what I'm seeing for conditions. I'm sure Nate Zielinski, when he comes up, will update us on some other conditions. And I think he's going to talk about his new tournament schedule for his ice fishing tournaments. So we'll get that because it has been a sketchy year down here in the Front Range. I went out to uh, Lon Hagler. Before I start this, I want to remind people, uh, if you belong to, uh, if you follow Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook or if you like Terry Wickstrom on Facebook, you would have seen this ice fishing update several days ago, and you probably could have taken a little better advantage of it. I'm not sure what the conditions are now. In addition, following us on Facebook is going to get you into contests like winning tickets today. There's a key phrase on our Facebook page that you need to win the ISE tickets. And there is, um, there's going to be some really big contests coming up 
on our Facebook page where we're going to give away substantial things in conjunction with this being our 20th anniversary year. But I was out on Lawn Hagler. I drove around, did some checking of some ice, wanted to see if there was a place I could get out uh, the beginning of this week. And I went to Lawn Hagler, and I saw people scattered in a few places on the ice. I also saw some ice that looked pretty iffy. So I went with my spud bar first and checked a few areas, a few areas I definitely wouldn't have ventured onto. Um, they were not good at the time. Had some warm weather since then, so they may be even more. I did go around the shoreline, finally found an area. There were some anglers out there, and I checked the ice as I want, went, and it was marginally good ice. I felt safe. And I was checking the ice very carefully as I went. But I don't know that I would have sent somebody else out there because the ice was inconsistent. Now, that being said, if we get a cold spell and you do get some marginally good ice or ice that you comfortably feel safe and you're very cautious, lakes like Lawn Hagler, Douglas, some of those smaller bodies of water are going to refreeze very soon. I saw a few people on St. Varane Ponds as I was driving through down to the do the show today also saw some ponds that had open water on them so if you're going to fish on the front range through the ice be very very careful now some of the lakes in the mountains like red feathers has good ice a uh, hanholz i'm hearing has good ice um we'll get a report probably next week from bernie and what's going up there i heard that shadow mountain and grand lake were frozen granby hadn't froze as a couple weeks ago probably is capped now but i don't know if it's fishable ice yet we'll find out on that uh just really check conditions brad peterson a couple weeks ago went out east to lakes like jackson and sterling and jumbo and found some uh, some fishable ice in some of those but conditions we've had warm weather with winds and just Really have to check and be very, very careful on those. But anyway, I went to Lawn Hagler, was able to find uh, some ice that I felt comfortable on that I checked very carefully. And I started out in about, oh, I'd say five to six feet of water because my experience at Lawn Hagler in the past, especially along what would be that uh, north shoreline on the north uh, east side of the lake towards the dam, is that uh, the water drops off very quickly and the trout tend to cruise shallow early in the year. Now, this isn't typically early in the year, but we haven't had a lot of ice there, so I'm not sure what the mode of the fish is. Started very shallow, had a couple little bites, but really didn't produce anything. Moved out to about 9, 10 feet of water, and I was able to uh, start seeing some fish on my electronics. I used a two-bait presentation. I had a Swedish pimple jig, tipped with a gulp waxy in one hole, and I had a little ice fishing jig tipped with a gulp mini uh, extruded night crawler, a little tiny one, the mini ones. They're only about an inch and a half long, and they're very thin. They look like a bloodworm. And I've been very successful at Lawn Hagler in the past with that setup. This time I wasn't seeing the fish. I don't think I had really located where the concentrations of fish were, so I really had to work. But by working that spoon very, very aggressively, I was able to draw fish in. In fact, most of the fish that hit, uh, only one or two did I see on my electronics before they took the bait. They came in and they were just on. They came in charging. Also, a very unusual, at Lawn Hagler in the past, when I've done this kind of fishing, both for panfish, by the way, there's a great panfish bite at Lawn Hagler, too, usually over by the dam more for uh, bluegills, especially nice big bluegills. And there's, you know, there's bass and northern pike and other fish in Lawn Hagler, too, and walleyes. Uh, I was concentrating more on the trout. I just wanted to get out, check the ice, do a little fishing. 
Um, almost all the fish, in fact, all but one, came on that aggressively worked spoon. Uh, only got one on the other bait. The jig, I would occasionally work it a little bit if I would see a fish on the electronics and it didn't seem to be interested. I'd slow down the spoon a little bit, not to spook it as much, and gently jig the other one and try to get some motion. And in the past, that's been an extremely effective technique out there. Not so much the beginning of this week. It uh, it really, uh, they, they had to be attracted in. They came charging in and just would just smack that spoon. You didn't have any doubt there was a fish on. Very few subtle bites, very few feeding bites, mostly reaction bites. And so only one fish came on the jig. I love using the gulp because here's an example of why I love using the gulp. The gulp alive, especially in the little jars. And there's a number of, there's waxies, maggots, the little worms, there's minnow heads. There's the one-inch minnow is fantastic too. And I, I, ta- I love to use those because I, a lot of times I'm just running out check ice. I'm not going to take bait with me or I don't want to carry bait and then I have to store it. So I have my ice fishing gear in the back of my truck when I go on these. It's in the back of the truck all winter. And I go on these outings. I'll drive around and check. When I see a place that looks like there's good ice or that I've been hearing some action, I'll go and do a little checking. I don't have to worry about having bait with me. Now, I'm not going to lie that there have been a few times when live bait may have produced more. But I have such faith in these gulp baits that they really work for me. And a combination of an active bait, like a spoon in one hole or a uh, uh, Johnny Darter, jigging wrap kind of in one hole, something that's active that really draws fish in for the presentation really will increase your odds. And then uh, and then a more passive presentation in the other hole. And sometimes the spoon draws them in and then almost spooks them. Sometimes if you don't keep jigging that spoon, they leave. And sometimes they'll come in and, and then you, they'll hit the, the passive presentation or you stop moving the spoon and they'll hit it as it's paused. And then sometimes... They'll come in, but they'll ignore the spoon and go right over, and they'll look that jig over for the longest time. Then all of a sudden, they'll just inhale it, and you'll have a subtle bite. So it's a great combination. In fact, Karen and I um, did a, an outing one time up at Dowdy Reservoir, and we were actually using a, an underwater camera to, to um, document the fish's activity. And Karen was using a small jig, and I was using a spoon. Well, we started out, we were both using small jigs, because Dowdy tends to be a pretty prolific fishery, and you can usually, just by moving your jigs a little bit and then changing the presentation, when you see them on your electronics, catch a lot of fish. Well, we were catching one, but every so often, not very often. So I put a spoon on mine, and I was really working it. And all of a sudden, Karen was getting a fish like every five or ten minutes she had a fish on. Just bang, bang, bang. Put the camera down. We were watching. When we both had jigs on, The uh, there was a fish occasionally. We'd see it in the, uh, out in the distance, and occasionally one would come by and eat one of the jigs. When I worked that spoon, there were 20 or 30 fish swimming around where we were, and they would keep eating her jig, but they wouldn't hit the spoon that time. Uh, that kept, so I changed back to a jig, and those fish would disperse, and we'd have an occasional fish again. Put the spoon back down, the fish would come in, and Karen would catch them. So it was really an interesting study. So that two-hole presentation. The other thing is if you don't have electronics, a lot of times you don't know if a fish is there. You don't know if they're responding to your lures. So you can't change your cadence your presentation. By having two different presentations, you're giving an offering where if they reject one, they might still eat the other. So that's kind of my update. But I really want to stress, if you're not going up in the mountains, wherever you're going, because of the weather we've had, 
please use extreme caution. There's a lot of very questionable ice on the Front Range right now. And I, we don't want to have any tragedies. If you don't find good ice here, head up to Red Feathers or Terriol or those kind of lakes where they've got good ice and they're catching fish. They're a little bit more of a drive, but you'll catch fish and you'll be safe. Before I let you go for this segment, though, I do want to touch on a few things. As I said earlier, this is our 20th anniversary of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We are going to be um, doing some contests in conjunction with that. And how we're going to run those contests is there will be a key phrase on our Facebook page during the week whenever we're going to do a giveaway. And in order to phone or text in, depending on how we do it at that time, you're going to have to know that key phrase to win. Now, we're going to try to do one contest that's going to be 20 years of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors trivia, and we'll take excerpts or or memories from past shows, and we'll we'll put a little something on our Facebook page about those. And then we'll use that as a reference and then we'll give something away, hopefully of good value. We've got some things lined up that we think are going to be really great. We're testing that concept right now for our giving away of our ISE tickets. So you should follow Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook because it's going to give you an opportunity to win things. But also, whenever we have something new coming up, you'll hear, you'll find out on our Facebook page first. My, my Lawn Hagler Fishing Report was posted early this week uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, my Denver Post column gets posted every week on our Facebook page with a link, and it has a podcast attached to it. Every time Karen puts a new tele- another television show up on our YouTube channel, uh, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, it gets posted on our Facebook page. And by the way, if you weren't listening before, I really found out how to annoy Karen. If you take your Comcast remote and just speak into it with you have the X the X1 and you go, Terry Wickstrom on YouTube, about 90 episodes of my past television shows come up if you want to watch them. Really, I'd like to bring those up because it gets Karen so excited because she spent about a million hours looking at me on a screen editing our TV show. So I do have, I do have a lot of fun with that. But anyway, follow us, follow us on Facebook, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. There's so much going on. And I want to thank all of you before we close this segment. It's our, it's our, 20th anniversary. We started in 1998, and I've I've gotten some very nice comments on Facebook, and I just want to thank all you people out there because without you, this show doesn't exist. You patronize our sponsors. You you give us feedback. Hopefully, you'll come by ISE and see us, and hopefully, we've been a part of your outdoor experience. Now, we're not quitting. We're going to keep going, um, but between our 22 seasons on television, all the writing I've done for In Fisherman, Fishing Facts Magazine, the Denver Post, Mile High Sports Magazine, a lot of you followed me there. But it's really rewarding to me, the comments I've gotten, to how much you people enjoy the show and the ratings we get and the response the sponsors get. So I want to thank you for helping make this 20 years so great. And hopefully we can en- enjoy the outdoors together for a long time to come. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter.